Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow underway on this Wednesday edition. Glad you're with us across the network, streaming live on the social media platforms. Just search out Outkick Plus on this great radio partner. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hutton here, no, no chat. Well-deserved day off uh, and the uh, rest of the week off uh, based on his recent schedule filling in for me as well over the last uh, a couple of weeks, and we've got plenty in store uh, on the show today. Uh, Dan Dockich joins us in 20 minutes, host, host of Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. A lot to get to from Jonathan Taylor and the Indianapolis Colts and the standoff that's happening there. Uh, it sounds like a potential suspension for Alvin Kamara based on his recent meeting with Roger Goodell that took place earlier this week uh, up in New York. And uh, about Aaron Rodgers and the code that was referenced by Nathaniel Hackett, the coach's code, Dockage weighs in coming up in 20. Primary complaint each and every Wednesday at the end of the first hour. Uh, gun show. Mike Gunzelman from Outkick brings the energy uh, in an hour from now. Plus Armando Salguero with the latest across the NFL injuries and more uh, from NFL camps. And Cynthia Freeland coming up later in the show. The NFL Network analytics expert, she has her feel for the top wide receivers going into year two, ready for the boomer bust move after one full offseason, the first true offseason from the rookie year to year two. Plus, uh, what was Aaron Rodgers like with Nathaniel Hackett versus without him defending his offensive coordinator, uh, who he says he's always going to have his back telling Sean Payton to hey keep his name out of your mouth. Uh, Alvin Kamara, according to uh, many, many now reporting it, he's expected to be suspended. The idea was it could be up to six games based on the Las Vegas incident that took place last year, headed into the Pro Bowl uh, back in January. He's now settled that case, pleading no contest. Um, and now that the court system has wrapped up, he's now going through the NFL court system with Roger Goodell. More on that later in the show if we get the, the, the news from the NFL on the suspension link, that does affect, of course, the New Orleans Saints and their backfield. Here are today's other top headlines as we get to Scorched Earth. And let me start with the Major League Baseball trade deadline where Otani was not moved. And I referenced yesterday, I respect what the Angels have done more and more based on the history of trading away Babe Ruth that we know uh, 103 years ago, Red Sox to the Yankees. And Otani being right there with Ruth with all of the major categories uh, through the first uh, part of their career and what they've done this season uh, and in Ruth's seasons. Remarkable how they are so comparable. Trade deadline came and went. And I think there is a trade deadline right now for more than just Major League Baseball. And it's in college football and the Pac-12 specifically. It is time to abandon ship 
if you're one of the top brands in the Pac-12 from a couple of different angles. And it, it really stems from the info we received yesterday about the Apple TV Plus concept and that being the media rights deal that George Klyavikov has negotiated. But also realizing that from that model, streaming is the primary source of going through and trying to find games now moving forward, at least in theory, although a deal has not been officially signed. The, the upper echelon of money would be based off subscriptions. And while you can say, well, you know, the SEC is on ESPN Plus, there are other conferences on ESPN Plus, which is also streaming. That's not the primary focus for those conferences. The best brands, the best teams are on television. They're on CBS, Fox, ESPN, and other places. That would not be the case in this model for the teams that are left. USC and UCLA, they're headed to the Big Ten next year. But when you think about Oregon and Washington, the rumors that they're headed to the Big Ten at some point, and there are reports today that the Big Ten is continuing to explore options from teams in the Pac-12, given the recent news, and, and the fact that there's no penalty for moving right now. Now is the time to trade in conferences and stay afloat. The Pac-12 is holding a terrible hand of poker right now, and they're playing that game at the table. I would ensure if I'm Oregon, Washington, or any of the, the top schools, the top teams, and what would be the power rankings this year for, at on three, they're ranking the top teams and who should be favored and who should win the conference. Look at the top five specifically. USC and Washington, Oregon, Utah and UCLA, the top five. USC and UCLA already gone. We know they're headed to the Big Ten. Oregon and Washington, the top brands that the Big Ten would be eyeing. Utah should absolutely, even though they don't want to, follow suit and head to the Big 12 with their rival, BYU. And then there's the rest of the pack, including Colorado, who's already made the move. I would be making the move right now given the circumstances and knowing that the top brands that are going to raise the ticket price and what you're going to get back in return from this media rights deal, you're, they're going to be on pay-per-view. You're going to have to subscribe in order to get them. And if you have linear TV, which is also a part of this model, it's very, uh, it, it's very second or third tier on their overall, their, their overall setup, right? Because you, don't want to put on the CW Oregon. That would be their choice. You need Oregon to drive up the price for the subscriptions because the more subscriptions, the more you're on par with the Big 12. It's just not feasible. It's not going to be a ship that stays afloat. I would ensure, based on the penalties that could happen if you try to bolt later, I would leave now, uh, despite staying loyal. And I'm commending the, the schools that have. They've been very loyal, but it's time to to throw in the towel. Davey Hudson joins us. And Dave, you brought up something yesterday with, with me and Chad off air that I want you to bring up here um, about what happened prior to George Klyavikov taking over as the commissioner of the, the Pac-12. Yeah, so uh, glad to be here today. And one of the things, when you look at the Pac-12, it is a sinking ship. I mean, you are nailing that point. And it's sad because you look back and from what was a prestigious Power 5 conference, I mean, it is dwindling like no other. And it all starts with leadership. And you can talk about George Klyavikov. I mean, I know whenever he came over from, I believe it was 
was he Rock Nation? Or yes. was that okay? No, no that your was, mark was that was your mark. Okay. But um Klavikov had come over to replace Larry Scott. And Larry Scott is where everything went wrong with the Pac twelve. Uh, you look back in 2011, Pac-12 had an opportunity to add Texas and Oklahoma. Now, they probably would have had to take Oklahoma State, Texas Tech in that process. But, I mean, now with you really just looking for any lifeline, you see how tragic of a misstep that was. The $8 million in rent for their facility as the headquarters in San Francisco, all these things just compounded to the point to where this conference is going under. I'm just thinking you're talking about the sinking ship. I'm imagining Captain Jack Sparrow as he's right up on the dock and the ship just goes completely under as he steps off. Who's going to be that school that's able to step off right at the perfect time? We've seen Colorado do it. Is one more or two more schools going to be able to join him in that process? But right now, it is a rough day if you're a Pac-12 fan. You can't feel good moving forward whatsoever. No, and you can't feel good if you're the leadership, you're the president or chancellor and where you're headed and the money that you can make. That's what this also comes down to. The Big Ten should also look at this as a chance to expand, even though it sounds like they want to wait and see. The timing would be now if you want any other program. They want Oregon and Washington. Uh, that's been out there. Dan Wetzel has uh, tweeted out that there is a group of Big Ten presidents that have, have had exploratory uh, discussions on expansion based on the Pac-12 uncertainty. That's coming through Yahoo and Wetzel. And he says the focus is absolutely on Oregon and Washington. That would get them to 18 members. Or Cal and Stanford could also be a part of it to get to 20. This is not ending anytime soon. Uh, Klyavikov was the president of MGM Resorts International. That's where he was, not Rock Nation. Well, well he would know uh, something about uh, some sports wagering that's coming up uh, a bit later uh, in a couple of minutes. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez. Had a chance to go play for a contender in the L.A. Dodgers. Eduardo Rodriguez, pitcher for the, the Tigers, is remaining in Detroit instead of joining the NLS leading L.A. Dodgers and a chance to go after the World Series. Detroit, seven and a half games back right now in their division of the AL Central. He had a 10-team no-trade clause. The Dodgers were one of those 10. And the Tigers were still negotiating with L.A. on trade deadline day and had a deal done. And Rodriguez is opting to stay in Detroit so he's closer to his family, which resides in Florida, instead of adding an hour and a half time difference to the flight for family to visit or for he to uh, visit his family. Uh, it's, it's peculiar He's a World Series champion with the Boston Red Sox in 2018. He started Game 4 of that series. He has that ring. But a chance to go after another one, he's opted to stay in Detroit and finish out the season. A.J. Hinch, the manager for the Tigers, joined MLB Radio and had this to say about Rodriguez opting to stay with the Tigers lineup. I think this is where the business side of the sport collides with the baseball side. So you have the contractual agreement between the club and the player and that and then when that comes up, I mean it, you know, you largely keep all that stuff out of the clubhouse and out of the the, the day-to-day and you know, Eduardo was the same person this week as he's been, I mean, upbeat and happy, preparing, playing catch, doing his normal routine, all leading up to yesterday. And, and obviously he had a decision to make. And so for me, my, my job as his manager is to make sure that 
that I can alleviate as much stress and tension as I can in a time where he's, you know, he's dealing with his family, he's dealing with his agent, he's dealing with team, and all trying to do that and, and keep it out of the way of the day's preparation for the game. Obviously, we were in touch with, with him. Both the office was in touch with him and I was. And at the end of the day, you know, as Scott said last night, he, it was the deal that Eduardo wasn't comfortable with, and he exercised his right. And that's where it's Eduardo's decision, and, and he chose. And now we're going to put him on the mound every five days, and he gives us a good chance to win the game. We need to win more games. Detroit. Yes, they do. And Rodriguez is a, a big reason why they have a chance to win whenever he's on the mound. I, I look at it from this angle. W- Want to be close to the fan, whatever it is. Did the Dodgers do this knowing about the 10-team no-trade clause and had a deal done because they felt like they convinced him to go? Or did the Tigers start negotiating with the team that they knew that Rodriguez wouldn't join? Uh, it's bizarre, and normally you don't see this. Instead, you see players with no-trade clauses asked to be traded to certain teams like we saw from the Mets who were sent packing their their top two starters uh, because they're in the cellar. They were sellers because they're in the cellar despite being the, the top payroll in baseball. Uh, Hunter Deckers, quarterback for Iowa State. He is under uh, criminal charges for tampering with records in the state of Iowa for sports wagering. It's alleged that he has made 26 Iowa State uh, bets on sporting events. One of those on football in 2021, he was on the roster. He was not the starter at the time. Brock Purdy was. And the Iowa State backup quarterback in 21, now the starter, placed a bet on Iowa State and Oklahoma State, a game where Iowa State is unranked, and they went and won the game against number seven, Oklahoma State, where Brock Purdy and Brees Hall combined for three touchdowns, and they end up coming from behind in the fourth and winning by three, 24-21. That stacked with 25 other bets. Uh, He is, uh, based on the NCAA rules at the time and now, even though they've tweaked it a bit, not allowed to bet on sporting events, especially... Uh, uncalled for when it is your own program or not just your program, your school. He is stepping away from football. He's not going to be in fall camp. Uh, A guy who led the Big 12 in completion percentage a year ago, 19 touchdowns, passed for over 3,000 yards. He's now focused on defending himself in criminal court where his attorney said he's going to plead not guilty because, in fact, he is not guilty. He's alleged to be using his parents' account. And based on the geo-tracking of what these sports wagering apps and sites are doing now, they're able to locate and, and, and pinpoint not just who's making the bet, but where they're doing it. And that's what's happened here. This is a slippery slope for college football, for really any league. This is not just happening at Iowa State. We know about Iowa as well, where multiple players within the the Iowa uh, sports program have placed bets, including the backup kicker, who is charged with the same thing based on an Iowa statewide probe into sports wagering. And he's doing the same thing through his mother's name, through his mother's information linked to her account. He's making those bets. Both players... At, at, in some instance in 2021, bet on their own team 
uh, or a, a bet on a, a game where their team was involved and both were underage at the time to legally place bets. The tampering with the, the uh, records comes from using someone else's account and then betting through that account. That's what they're charged with. This is more than just one or two players. And it's, I'm not naive enough, and neither are uh, you watching. No one is naive enough to think it's just going on in a very sporadic, random rate across college sports or pro sports. This is rampant. This, this is happening everywhere. And when they can report back to leagues or to conferences, specific teams, or to law enforcement, these wagering sap, uh, sites, these apps are doing that. And it's busting players that are doing something that I do, that Davey does. We don't do it well. Chad's the big winner whenever he places those bets. But the NCAA, are they going to be as harsh as what the NFL has been doing? Or do they really follow the protocols that were tweaked back in May? More on that coming up. Dan Dockett joins us next right here on Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Sixth and Peabody, our location. Glad you're with us with Yaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. You can catch all the great programs across the network, including our very own Dan Dockich, host of Don't At Me, mornings here, as uh, got the Cubs uni on and much more. What are you drinking there, Dan? Good to see you. Yeah. I got a little energy drink, Mimosa Energy, uh, Alani Energy Drink. I'm not promoting it. I, no, my wife I had it in there. I just got I just got done working in the yard, so I was digging in the fridge. It was either that or an old style because <laughs> this is Chicago Cubs week, and uh, I went with the Alani. I got a little workout after this. Man, you're getting it in today. Get after it, Dan. Uh, and Dan, by the way, sticking around for primary complaint, which is coming up in 20 minutes. Can't wait. Uh, I, I have been waiting to chat with you about the Jonathan Taylor, Jim Ursay saga in Indy. What, what has this stemmed from, given the fact that the reports that were out of Indy back in May and June, OTAs and minicamp, they were very positive from Taylor about wanting to be a cult for life and the fact that he would come into camp healthy after having ankle surgery back in January, he should be, have been cleared by now based on that procedure. Instead, he starts on the physically unable to perform list. Now they're threatening to put him on non-football injury. Where are we with this? And how does this, if it can, get resolved? Boy, you know, it, th this goes back a ways, you know, with the Colts. When they, it, people don't remember. People think that Andrew Luck retired because of injury. We saw this with Andrew Luck. He had an ankle. No, no, wait. It's a soft tissue uh, in the calf. No, wait. It's back to being an ankle. And then finally, he just retired. So the answer is it might not get resolved. I don't think this yeah. is necessarily an Andrew Luck situation. But, Jonathan, we have seen this 
uh, with the Colts. We really have. The deal is this. Jonathan Taylor thought that he was going to get an extension because in I've told you this for years now. In Colts' world, everything is peaches and cream with Chris Ballard. He hugs. He promises. He entitles. And Jimmy Irsay, frankly, he's had enough. He's driving the ship here. He did not fire Ballard because he didn't want to go through the whole search. He obviously fired Reich, made the blunder with Saturday. But but Ursay's daughters, I've been telling people this forever, they have been involved here. They were in head coaches' interviews. They've been on the sideline with headphones. They're involved, and they decided the family, hey, we're not giving this guy an extension because we don't have to. You got him for a year, then you got him two more years as a franchise guy. So now all of a sudden it goes from, yeah, Jonathan, we want you to. Hey, Jonathan, we're going to see what happens at the end of the year. And you know what? I don't blame the Colts. Who does? And they're not – Jimmy Ursay isn't undervaluing Jonathan Taylor. He's paying market price. The only problem you have, the only problem is you could argue that because of the Colts' lack of weapons, Jonathan Taylor means a little more to his team, the Colts, than – other running backs do. How does it get resolved? I think one of a couple ways. I think, all right, let me go through the ways. Uh, Jonathan Taylor sits out. Uh, I don't know that that's going to happen. It seems like it's it's on the cusp of happening. I mean, he's not practicing, and there's confusion again about what's injury. Number two, Jim Ursay and Jonathan Taylor come to an agreement. They extend him. Doesn't look like that's happening. Number three, they trade him. My guys tell me, hey, unless something dramatic and drastic happens, they are not trading uh, him. And frankly, uh, the last way is, you know what? Uh, He shows up and he plays, uh, you know, under this contract. Um, If you're going to ask me to bet which one has, which one happens, I would bet that Jonathan Taylor eventually is in a Colts uniform playing running back uh, when we start the season. But I don't know that any one of the three or four options is more than 25%. I, I think it's literally that confusing. Well, I think also, like, how desperate are the Colts to keep him just to be competitive? Because Zach Moss broke his arm. He's out for the first four to six weeks. You know, they've got a, a rookie and another vet behind that, but not Jonathan Taylor. Um, I, and that happened, what, uh, the morning after all of the trade requests yeah. were reported. So. Yeah. I mean, if the Colts end up trading him, they've got to bring in another guy, too. I, this is not a good spot for them to be in, given the circumstance of Jonathan Taylor's behind and really helping literally carry the load for Anthony Richardson as he's going through a rookie season where he's not ready to start. Well, let, let me go through a couple of that. First, let me talk about the Richardson thing. One of the knocks on Jonathan Taylor was he missed too many blocks last year. He really uh, – put whoever the quarterback was in a bad spot. Now, that's one of the knocks. Who knows whether that's true or not. That's just – that's one of the things that, that Colts inside people are saying. Okay, so to your point, the Colts went really from having all of the leverage because what really they don't have to pay him. If he doesn't want to play, he doesn't want to play, to having competitively, competitively, uh, Jonathan, no leverage. I mean, when you think about it, who's the Colts' star-wide receiver? They don't have one. Who's their stud tight end? They don't have one. Who's the quarterback? Uh, a guy that a lot of people don't think can play in the NFL, at least not right now. So who are the weapons? Michael Pittman? Are you kidding me? So Jonathan Taylor's leverage comes on the field. Now, here's what the Colts uh, got to figure out. How important is that? 
Like, what, how are you approaching this year? Are you approaching this year as a learning year? Are you approaching this year as a building year? Are you approaching this year as kind of a tank year? Let's go south again and let's get another big-time piece, assuming that Anthony Richardson becomes a big-time piece. I, I got to tell you, it's a very complex issue here because the leverage contractually is with the Colts. Jonathan Taylor is stuck in Indy contractually, franchise tag two years and this year playing. But, but competitively, he has it all. Zach Moss, not a great back, but played okay for the Colts. So if you're going to tell me, hey, look, the running back situation, there is a glut of running backs. You can find a running back anywhere to come in and fill a void. Okay, well, the Colts are going to be the poster child for that if Jonathan Taylor doesn't play. Here we go. Who are we going to get? Don't know. Uh, competitive leverage, uh, Taylor, Contractual leverage Colts. And uh, all that paired with a very vocal owner, which I appreciate. I, I love, speaking of being vocal, I loved what Sean Payton had to say. Uh, everyone agrees with what Sean Payton said about Nathaniel Hackett and the team that was the Broncos in 2022 and the group that he's trying to turn around in 23, especially their quarterback, Russell Wilson. Nathaniel Hackett speaking uh, once a week because he's the coordinator now for Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. Like, Aaron Rodgers is the coordinator. Nathaniel Hackett is there. They've had success in Green Bay. Rodgers has his back. Then Hackett speaks, and he brings up the coach's code. Uh, we're all in glass houses. Don't throw anything. Don't throw stones because, you know, there's a code of coaches. Uh, is there in, in every sport, Dan, as a, as a former coach, can you vouch for this? And did Sean Payton cross the line with what he said publicly? Um, when I went to Bowling Green, I followed Jim Laranaga, who's had a great career uh, at Miami. He, he left, I came in, and I said, I'm going to be the first coach in college basketball that takes over a job and speaks positively about the previous coach, and I did. College basketball coaches, college football coaches are notorious. Our culture, we didn't do this last year. This is what we're going to do. They never really go as far as what Sean Payton did. I did think Sean Payton went a little too far. Uh, but I will say this. Coaches have always been the new guy in town, and this is my way, and this way's better, and they didn't do this, and we're going to do that, and blah, 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 blah. So while I would say, eh, not really. There's not really a coach's code. If there is, it's been violated a million times. <laughs> I do think Sean Payton went a little bit overboard uh, but I also think that Nathaniel Hackett, I, I watched and, and, and saw what he said today, and I got to tell you, Jonathan, I always look at it like this. Is that a guy I would follow? Is that a coach I would follow? I thought that Nathaniel Hackett looked like a walking cliche, and I could see in today's press conference how not one single person in the Denver organization, well, first, I couldn't understand how they were stupid enough to hire him based on what I saw today. All he did was talk in cliches. All he did, and he was too chicken blank to call out uh, Sean Payton uh, by name. He did all that passive-aggressive crap. You know, we like people that say, hey, look, Sean Payton can kiss my backside. If Sean Payton, look, he's going to go in there, and he is going to reap the benefits of what we built here a little bit. We had a mess as well, and we did our best to clean it out. We made a ton of mistakes. But in terms of Sean Payton, say I did the most horse bleep job, you know what? He's had a Hall of Fame uh, quarterback, never won squad. He can kiss my backside. Oh, I guess he won one Super Bowl. That's what, that, that's what like, Ditka would do, right? <laughs> that's what dudes would do that we like. So I thought Nathaniel Hackett, now that I saw him speak, eh, you got what you deserve. But I do think, I do think in the world of coaching, 
that Sean Payton went overboard. Yeah, I can't wait for the collision course in week five, especially if Russell Wilson's playing well, <laughs> you know, with the expect, and that's in Denver. And Hackett's already admitted he was thinking about it by referencing the week five. He, he thought the comments would happen in week five, not now, and he's glad to get it out of the way. It will resurface. I think hard knocks will show it. If the Jets have his back the way they have, and Sala certainly has, even though they were, quote-unquote, uncooperative uh, with, uh, with hard knocks, they should let whatever the real reaction is into this show, which debuts next Tuesday. That will stir things back up, too. I can't wait to see this. I, I'm... Dan, I, I want to get your, your well, thoughts on this. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, I, I would say this. If I'm the Jets and the reaction was, you know, Hackett's a great dude. You're an idiot, uh, Sean Payton. That I would want that out if the reaction is, well, you know, like what I just said. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's our coach, so I got to follow him. But, you know what, he's kind of a cliche. He's kind of a weird dude. I, I, you know, I don't know that I would let that out. But, if yeah, if they can have Hackett's back like Rodgers did, God bless him, more, for, more, uh, more of it. Yeah, the king of New York, Aaron Rodgers, has his back. That means everyone loves him currently. They're, they're, right. They're right. currently uh, unbeaten at, at the time. Uh, yeah. The, the sports wagering aspect of what we're seeing in, in Iowa, where criminal charges with the Iowa State quarterback for betting on events and, and sporting events specifically at Iowa State, one of those being an Iowa State game in 2021 against Oklahoma State. There's a backup kicker that has bet on Iowa, Iowa State. He's the backup kicker at Iowa. Um, and they're, they're continuing to uh, dive into a, a sports wagering investigation statewide. This is going on across all, all of the states where it's legal, and it's all of the pro leagues as well, not just the NFL that's suspending. I'm curious to get your take, though, Dan. The NCAA, they tweaked their rules a bit uh, this past year. Um, compared to what it was for wagering and betting on collegiate athletics for, for athletes or anyone in college sports. Do you think the NCAA will come back and treat this like the NFL has been, or will they ignore it the way Major League Baseball certainly is ignoring it currently? Man, I think the NCAA has a problem. I, I think that, you know, more money, more problems, right? So all these kids, they got money now, and all these kids have sports wagering, and they like to wager. That's what, you know, everybody's doing it. This isn't a new problem. I think I told you this. Going back one year, a kid at uh, Toledo named Sammy Vajegas fixed our game against Toledo. He went to jail. I believe he went to jail. Football player at Toledo and a basketball player at Vajegas fixed games. One of them was our game. And I'll never forget going into a fraternity house and some, you know, punk kid said to me, hey, coach, you know, the spread's three on, on tomorrow's game. What do you think? And I told him, look, uh, I hope you go to jail. I hope you go broke and I hope you go to jail. That's kind of the stand that I always took. But, you know, this is dicey. The NCAA has to do something. I don't know. Does, does law enforcement get involved? And, and if so, why? I mean, you know, you made it legal in a state. Kid bet legally on DraftKings. The weird thing is, is that the quarterback at Iowa State, his mother was doing the betting for him, which yeah. is whacked out to me. Or, or he know, had I mean, access to her insanity. account. He had access to her account. It was one yeah. of the two. But the, the same thing happened with yeah. the Iowa backup kicker. He was also using his mom's account. Uh, and that's where yeah, the I mean, tampering with, with records mothers? comes in. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. But they're also betting on their own team, but, right? Like at some point, <laughs> and they can also pinpoint how much was wagered. Which I think, if it's over than eight hundred bucks, the way they tweak the rule, it's like thirty percent of your eligibility for that year for that player. 
But what they haven't, uh, that, that went into effect May 2nd. So prior to that, it was just absolutely prohibited to bet on, if you're a college athlete or anyone in athletics across the NCAA landscape, you could not bet, period. And so if it happened prior to May 2nd, I'm curious how that goes down. They could face a, a ban well, let me ask altogether. You, let, let me ask you. So you're, you're watching games and you're reading that kids are betting on games. And most people, as you know, Jonathan, they just read the headlines, right? right Iowa that's State right. quarterback betting on, right? So everybody just reads the headline. And here's where the real problem is. At what point does the integrity of the game come into right. question? At what point do people not buy it? I've said this forever, and I will never stop saying it. At some point, I understand we want 18 to 23-year-olds to be able to do whatever the hell they want to do, make as much money, transfer. I, I, I get all that. But at some point, you got to protect the institutions, and you got to protect the game itself. And I'm telling you, when, when you see a headline that says, I thought, truthfully, until I read the story, I thought that the quarterback, Iowa State, bet on Iowa State games, and I thought he was playing in the game. That's right. just how it reads. Well, and We it, can keep talking about it, but the integrity has to be protected. That's, that's exactly right, and that's where I think they, they have to be heavy-handed to prevent that moving forward, that one possibility. Coming up, primary complaint. Dan sticks around with us on Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow on the Outkick Network. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. Coming up, the gun show. Mike Gunzelman joins us in about 20 minutes. Armando Salguero on today's program talking all NFL headlines. Cynthia Freeland, NFL Network, later today. Dan Dockich remains with us. Davey Hudson in studio. Uh, no Withrow. Dan's nice enough to stick around for primary complaint. It's time to air our top grievance of the week. You can complain all you want. My job is so unfulfilling. Don't run away from your feelings. It's time for Hot Mike's Primary Complaint. If you're new to Primary Complaint like Dan Dockich, I think Dan's got a good handle of this. Uh, he's always pissed off for greatness. But this is where you air your top grievance, not a secondary Complaint, this is your one top primary complaint. And mine this week, guys, uh, and I'm sure this happens on other streaming services. I'm watching a lot of Netflix and, and Netflix original movies or shows. And for whatever reason, they're, they're putting these shows atop anything I'm currently watching or want to resume. And whenever you have the auto preview, it's not even really a preview. It's just some random scene from the film or from the show. It's not the actual preview for the, the what would actually sell the show or the movie that I would go to the theater and see that's going to sell me on Killers of the Flower Moon. What Netflix does is they just show you likely the most boring part of the film within like a two-minute synopsis for whatever reason as if that's going to make me want to watch more or for the first time click play on that. that that's doing the opposite for me. I'd rather see something that's going to sell me on their product instead of something that makes me want to continue to click down or mute my television. That's my primary complaint. Dan, uh, you are up, and uh, on the sheet here, I have no idea what you're about to complain about, which makes me excited. 
You know, my primary complaint is I'm tired of people supporting Carly Lloyd's rant against the United States women's soccer team. I don't even like the United States women's soccer team. Actually, I take that back. I don't pay attention. I, I don't care. If they win, good. If they lose, fine. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to root against USA. But Carly Lloyd, who spent 17 years, she went off on them. And everybody said, well, yeah, you know, that's right. Here's the deal. You, you, you go in the pool play to advance to the round of 16. That's the goal. Doesn't matter if you win. Doesn't matter if you tie. That's the goal. So after pool play, the girls, the ladies, uh, the, the men, whatever the hell you call them, I don't even know anymore because you probably go to Twitter jail because you didn't say the right them, them they, her, them. But anyway... They, they all of a sudden are celebrating with the fans and people are like, well, they tied and Carly Lloyd's lost her mind on it. And good for Carly Lloyd. She put 17 years in. But damn, these girls, they just went in advance. That's the goal of pool play, to get out of pool play, move into the medal round, move into the round of 16. They did it. They didn't have to play for a week or so. So they celebrated and everybody acted like, oh, man, you know what? You should be in there being upset. Look, I got mad at my team when we won. Coach Knight made us practice at 5 in the morning the next day, my first college game after we beat Miami of Ohio by 20. I get it. I lived it. But I'll tell you this. People are on my backside saying, well, if Indiana celebrated after a tie like that, you'd be mad. I go, no. If Indiana played crappy and got to the Sweet 16, I'd be happy as hell. So get off it, Carly Lloyd and everybody else. Get off that. They moved on. So, Dan, I take it you're not going to be waking up at 5 a.m. on Sunday to watch them play Sweden? Man, there was a day, and it wasn't so long ago when I was divorced, that I'd be getting in at 5 a.m., and I would turn it on, and I would have a Mexican pizza from Taco Bell by my side. But nowadays, I'm in the satchel by about 9.30. I got two and a half men rolling or the Cubs game tonight. <laughs> so, oh, hell no, I'm not getting up at that time. I was thinking that Dan was rolling in, too, at 5 a.m., Davey, as uh, you asked that question. Uh, Davey, you are up next, and I think uh, Withrow has chimed in on your complaint today, too. Yeah, he has. Uh, so, my primary complaint for today is if a waiter or even the cook does not exactly know what something means – Please let me know. Like, ask questions. I don't want you just to guess because this past, this was Monday, I went to a restaurant with some family and I ordered a steak medium plus. Okay. Well, I'm under the impression nobody knew what that meant at this <laughs> restaurant because this thing came out well done. Well, you're, and, you're and, at the wrong restaurant to order medium plus then. And so now I, now I realize, <laughs> well, Chad's primary complaint was the fact that I order my steak medium plus. But you know what? I was at a fancy restaurant one time. I had it prepared that way. I thought it was delicious. I went for it. I was like, you know what? We'll do that again here. It did not work out well. Had to send it back. By the time it took for them to get the steak back out to me, everybody else had pretty much finished their dinner. So I'm just sitting there, like, waiting. And then everyone's staring at me as we just wait for me to eat. So then, like, all eyes are on me, and I was kind of upset about that. But I did get a free dessert. There are only – I would I could count on one hand – the steakhouses here in Nashville where I could walk in and order like a medium rare plus to get it to medium or like right in between. There's a sweet spot there. Um, there it's not, I, I'm guessing Davey, and I'm, I'm sorry if I'm wrong. I'm guessing it's not one of the restaurants I could name on one hand that you were at this week. Am I? No. And I, this was back in East Tennessee too. Uh, okay. But 
But yeah, no, and I also, I, I mean, I that might have to That explains your well done steak. I, I might have to take a little bit of responsibility because I thought medium plus was between medium rare and medium. But according to some people, that's actually on the other side between medium and medium well. Yes, correct. And I, I guess I now need to switch it Dan, up and go medium rare plus. The, he needs to go to like St. Elmo's, right, in order to have this type of uh, luxury. Man, don't come to my house because if I heard medium rare plus, I might, I just might spit on it and say, <laughs> there's your plus. I don't know, but I never. That probably I, happened I, to him I, in this I, instance. I, 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 I've never heard of medium rare plus, but I'm going to try it out next time I am at St. Elmo's because, hey, what the heck? It sounds pretty good. Why? You know, this is like everything else. Why? You know, the old standbys, what is it? Rare, medium rare, uh, and, and well done. I mean, whatever happened to that? Why are we, why are we confusing this? I, I, there, this is a lot for me going to some places. It's a lot like there's no standard size. I don't know if I wear a large or an extra large sometimes. In a shirt because it's so different. Right. I don't. I, I sometimes wear a ten and a half. Sometimes I wear an eleven shoe. Uh, a medium for yeah. some kitchens are different place to place. Like uh, you know, it should be you know uh, slightly pink in the center. That's the oh. way it should be, and it's not always like that if you're ordering medium. Yeah. That's why you order the plus instead of medium well because you don't want it. what happened with Davy. But you can't do that at like Logan's Roadhouse where Davy was. I wasn't there, but I, I will well, give you credit. You give great advice on like different places around Nashville, and knowing like how to have the 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 chef prepare the steak because different places do different. Well, I just think about what Dan Dockage would order, and I give you that advice. Trying to be bougie. I, I wish that I wish my wife were here listening to what you just said about. I don't know what shoe size I am. And she just looks at me. She goes, how do you not know what shoe size? I don't hey. know. I got fat. I think my feet spread out. And then when I buy clothes, I buy either double X or XL. And I put my hands when I buy shirts in the middle and go like this and stretch them out. If they don't stretch, I don't buy them. If I got a good stretch. So an XL sometimes stretches like that side to side. Other XL stretch like that. So I'm with you on all that, and I'm being literal here. My wife thinks I am insane. Like, what is wrong with you? I don't, I'm glad to hear somebody else has these first-world problems. It's nice. Why did we go from small to medium to large, and then we just start putting extra in front of it as many times as we needed to? You need, like, a large plus is what you want. Well, no, it's just, like, just come up with <laughs> I mean, a different word for extra large. It's like large. Pretty big. Gigantic, <laughs> you know? Need, like uh, I need... I need XXL spread out, XXLS, XXL spread, which means it widens because all my fat is in my stomach. I think we got onto something here. I like where we're headed. I'm writing it down. Well, and, uh, I mean, I, I hate ordering online, clothes online, because there's no, like, it's 50-50 proposition no. that it's going to be, it's actually going to fit based on the size guide. You know, like it's, it's no. ridiculous. Uh, Dan, I want to get your thoughts on the Pac-12 and the Pac-12 member institutions. I, I opened the show by saying, you know, trade deadline was yesterday for Major League Baseball. Uh, it's trade deadline for members of the Pac-12. If you want to leave, leave now. There's no penalty financially to do so. There's no grant of rights. And the top brands like Oregon and Utah are going to be stuck on, you know, as the, the sound of it, uh, on a pay-per-view aspect where you're paying for the, the, the subscription service. You're not going to have it on the linear TV. If it even happens as a secondary option, they're going to get the scraps because you need Apple TV Plus to sell the brands. I wouldn't stick around for this because it's not going to end well for anyone that's a part of that conference. 
All right, it takes two to tango there. Where are you going? See, I always thought, and I'd always heard, that the Big Ten wanted Oregon and they yeah. wanted Washington. And what, by you the know, way, Oregon is Wetzel, attractive. Wetzel has uh, – he, he put this out about 30 minutes ago or so, uh, Dan Wetzel, Yahoo Sports, that the Big Ten, there are some – there's a group of presidents that are getting back together to consider Oregon and Washington yet again based on what has happened over the last few days with the Pac-12. So let me throw that in there. Uh, the Big 12, too, yeah. the Big 12 needs to add one more uh, just to be at, at an even, uh, you know, have an even number of teams, schedule purpose-wise. So uh, it's not just Colorado. I mean, Arizona, Utah. I know Utah hates BYU, but it would look like they're following them. But I, I wouldn't care at this point. I'll take my $31.2 million instead of hoping that everyone wants to subscribe to Apple TV Plus for a year. I would, I'm, I'm going to say a couple things. One, I felt like once Colorado went to the Big 12, Utah was going to follow uh, pretty closely after. I know there's some politics there, yeah. but get over it. And I'm also going to tell you that I think that Oregon and I think Washington are going to end up sooner than later in the Big, Tw- in the Big 10. But I'll also say this. You know, a lot of people have predicted this for a long time. You're going to see the demise of certain conferences, and I think we're headed that way. Uh, with the Pac-12. Let me tell you, if you take Oregon, Washington, Utah, Colorado out of there, along with USC and UCLA, if I'm Arizona and I'm Arizona State, I'm making a deal with somebody. I don't care who it is. You know, I'm getting out of there, and I'm getting out of there immediately. It's sad what's going on. Who knows what's going to happen? I can't imagine Oregon State or Washington State are very attractive to the Big 12 or very attractive to the Big 10 or the ACC or the SEC or anybody, really. I mean, it's, it's going to be kind of fascinating. Mountain West may get a little fat with those two teams. But to me, I think within five years, you're going to see what we've all predicted for a long time. Three, four, maybe. Uh, two or three to four, maybe. Maybe four uh, major conferences. I'm not going to be surprised by anything. But I think Oregon and Washington to the Big Ten is just a matter of time. Not, when, not if, but when. Why, why don't we hear more about Stanford? In this, where is the Stanford product and brand for you? I know they're at the bottom of the football right now, football uh, in terms of power rankings or however you want to set up the, the schools that are playing this year. Um, but it, no one brings them up as a possibility when they – I would think they would offer more than some of the other schools that are being mentioned. I would think that if you were going to – in order – now, you got the Nike money, but in, in the mm-hmm. Big Ten, in the Big Ten's – bit of arrogance, I would think that Stanford and Cal would be two schools at the Big Ten because of all of the academic stuff. Right. Like the Big Ten, you got to be a member of whatever that thing is. You know, I would think that those two. But to your point, a few years ago, started hearing something about Stanford. Started here, and then it all went away. And I don't know why. Stanford's been terrific in sports, look, baseball's fantastic. Basketball's been certainly good enough. Could be better. Football's been okay. David Shaw struggled here of late. I, I don't know. Now, Cal isn't as attractive, but hell, it's still Cal. Uh, I'm with you. I, I Look, if you were going to say to me, make a bet, where does Cal and Stanford end up? I don't know where they're going to end up, but I'll bet you that there's no Pac-12 for there to be in in about five years. That's just – and it seems natural to me that, that – they would enhance the certainly the academic reputation, the money no reputation. They both have big endowments uh, of your of your conference. It's a great question, but I'm telling you that Nike money, for whatever the reason, that Nike money is something that man, oh man, these leagues are are, are just absolutely salivating over with Oregon. And the natural partner, of course, is not Oregon State; it would be Washington. 
Dan Dockett's catch him on Don't At Me mornings here on the Outkick Network. Dan, always great, man. Uh, look forward to tomorrow's show on Don't At Me, and I'll join you on Monday as well. Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks, yeah. guys. Thanks, Davey. Have a great afternoon. See you guys. Yeah, save to you. Dan Dockett, getting it done here on Outkick. Coming up, Outkick.com's Mike Gunselman. The Gun Show joins us next on Hot Mike.